Hail Dictinus, grant us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. It's magic that can make poetry be made of words and also not made of words. Welcome to Poetry in Magic and Practice, the 235th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening is courtesy of Daniel Benjamin, poet and teacher. Our opening and closing music is credited as Frostwaltz Alternate by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0. You may call me Ode. Merry meet. My name is Gwyn, Ode's mother. And we are Jacksonless. Yes, no Jackson. No Jackson. He's not a fan of the poetry topic. He's, he's not a poet. <laughs> And he don't know it. And he, he do know it. <laughs> he do know it. <laughs> All right. So let's start with housekeeping. I got nothing. Yeah, I got nothing either. It's just been one of those weeks. It's been one of those weeks. I know a lot of stuff is going on. Uh-huh. And I've, I'm not plugged into not, a single bit of it. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> so I got, we got nothing for housekeeping got, this week. Got Sorry. nothing. Nothing. Sorry. <laughs> well, we'll try to have some next week. <laughs> Oh, goodness, yeah. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we're house-kept and house-swept. <laughs> Real super quick and easy, that one. Yeah. We'll try to be a little bit more... More diligent. More diligent on it next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just just, nothing nothing in my brain this mm, whole week. <laughs> no. Nope. Nope. Just nothing. Yeah. So hopefully this topic will go well. <laughs> we'll see. Well, it this is, will be... It is a really interesting topic, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so we're, t- we're covering uh, poetry in magic and in religious practice, mm-hmm. um, which is a really interesting topic with a long history. Very long. Um, so first of all, uh, there's a lot of mythologies in which poetry and magic or religious expression or prophecy in particular are really connected. Um, obviously, the one that is a big deal for me is the Norse mythology, mm-hmm. where... Um, uh, Odin is really strongly associated with poetry because he steals the mead of poetry, mm-hmm. um, which uh, is made with the blood of a being called Kvasir, uh, who was created when the Aesir and the Vanir all spit into a pot to mm-hmm. seal the the end of their war, mm-hmm. and Kvasir was born from that, and then Tasty. he was, yeah, and then he was slain, and his blood was mixed into the meat of poetry. Okay, there you go. Yeah, so uh, divine origins of poetry, and then Odin goes in and steals it. Um, like you do. Like he does, because he's ultimately a trickster being. Mm-hmm. Um, but poetry is really associated with prophecy and mm-hmm. uh, certain kinds of magical powers in Norse mm-hmm. mythology. Odin's association with poetry is also associated with states of madness and ecstasy. Mm-hmm. At least in the Norse mythology, this is a, a connection that goes a long ways back. Mm-hmm. Well, and um, I mean, if you, you look at the Greeks, they mm-hmm. had the Orphic hymns and mm-hmm. they had their plays and, and odes and poets, mm-hmm. poetry. And, you know, all there's all kinds of uh, poetry in their in their worship, in their ritual, in their magic. Yep. Um, you know. It, and it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful to, to recite. It's beautiful to listen to. And it still has meaning for practitioners today if they choose to incorporate them into their magic or their or their ritual. Um, there was also, God, I had it for a hot second and then I immediately lost it. Sorry. It's not your fault. I can recite the Orphic Hymn to Hakati while you think about Go it. Go ahead and do that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, as part of my practice, and it is a, a part of, of ritual and things that I do, I do recite the, the obviously, English translation mm-hmm. of the Orphic Hymn to Hakati. The, the Greek is absolutely beautiful, um, but let's see if, we can, if I can do it on command. On, on command. On command, okay. I call Inodion Hakati, lovely dame of earthly, watery, and celestial frame, Sepulchral in a saffron veil arrayed, pleased with dark ghosts who wander through the shade, Persian unconquerable huntress hail, the world's key-bearer never doomed to fail. On rough rock to wander thee delights, leader and nurse to be present to our rights, propitious grant our just desires success, accept our homage and the incense bless. She did that with her eyes closed 
No reference material. Very impressive. Thank you. I've been saying it for three years now. Hail Dictinus. Hail Dictinus. <laughs> and hail Hakati. And hail Hakati. Every now and then I'm like, uh, what's the word? Uh-huh. But, but yeah, no. And it is. It is a, a very important part of my ritual, of my practice, of my magic. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I'm working with Hakati, uh, I always recite that. Uh, to to invoke her, to draw mm-hmm. her in, to receive her blessing, and uh, ask for her assistance with with spells that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, L points out that Celtic mythology has that connection with poetry too. Yeah, I forgot about that. Awen mm-hmm. is um, sort of divine inspiration or the spirit of inspiration. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. And you know the the Hebrew Bible has its psalms. I, that's the thing. I proverbs. that was the thing that I was thinking of and I lost. I was thinking about, about like Psalms and Psalms especially um, and Song of Solomon. Oh my God. Talk about beautiful poetry. Right? Song of Solomon, if you've never read it, like I don't care if you're interested in Christian mythology at all, read the Song of Solomon. That shit is immaculate. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. But it's it's beautiful, beautiful poetry, um, stunning metaphors and just... Like, it, it it resonates in a really fascinating actually, way. just give me that. Technically, you know, we call it the Song of Solomon. Right. But it's actually the Song of Songs. Yes. But it's supposed to have been written by Solomon, I yes. think, yeah? Technically, it is supposed to have been written by Solomon to his many wives. Right. To, but, to beautiful women's. But uh, especially one in particular. Here we, And it's very erotic. It right. Does, it's very, very racy. So. Yes. <laughs> okay. So this is from the Song of Songs, chapter three. I'll just, it's one through five, but I can just read verse Yeah, like just, just one read a little two, bit of it. Just a little of And it. this is from the Inclusive Bible BTW. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, the nights are long in my empty bed. All night long in my dreams, I look for you, my lover, my heart. But when I wake, there's no one there. I can't sleep with this fire. I'll get up and go walking out through the streets to the square, looking for the one I adore. Right? I mean, come on. (laughs) Like, Song of Songs is love poetry par excellence. Yeah, it really is. It really is. It's unbeatable. Truly, I don't think there is better love poetry in the world than Song of Songs. And mm-hmm. I am not even a Christian. Right. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't mean you can't appreciate yeah. it. That's why that I shit now is just have good. The, mm-hmm. the inclusive Bible among my in my library um, because I found it at a Pride event. Mm-hmm. I found out yeah. about the inclusive Bible and I thought, hmm. Intriguing. That's intriguing. I want to have that. Oh, and it includes like Tobit in it. Oh, interesting. Maccabees. That'll be fun. Yeah. But, uh, but um, yeah. my understanding is one of the things they do is they like alternate the pronouns for God and stuff. In yeah, there. exactly. So, yeah, really interesting stuff. But uh, but yeah, if you want to read immaculate poetry, that's mm-hmm. romantic. Yeah, poetry, Song of Songs, good, very good option. And it's and there's other like as like poetic aspects mm-hmm. in the Bible and the various books. Oh Just yeah. Just because the way it was written was it's a it's a kind of. Uh, it's a different kind of writing. Much of it is like apocalyptic yeah, writing, and that's a form of poetic writing. Yeah, there's a lot of um, symbolic language mm-hmm. used. And a lot of poetry is sort of unpacking symbols, mm-hmm. right? Like, the reason I like this quote um, that I used at the beginning is that poetry is technically composed of words, but those how poetry works is that you as the reader or the listener, because a lot mm-hmm. of poetry is designed for performance, are unpacking the uh, the meanings of those words in real time. Mm-hmm. And so you are um, symbolically translating the poem. And that's mm-hmm. why a, a poem can mean so many different things to so many different people. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Charmed, the TV show, mm-hmm. has kind of done... Uh, poetry a little bit of a disservice in the craft because it made a lot of especially younger witches in being included Mm -hmm. when I first started out it made you think that you had to rhyme in in some ways and yeah that can be it it, there is a a place for it definitely I, I use a lot of rhymes like I have one that I pulled out of my out of my grimoire that was Beauty and youth, which resides within, shine forth now upon my skin. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and and we, I, I talked um, ages and ages ago after the first, I think, convocation we went to, mm-hmm. or maybe the first um, Michigan. It was Michigan Pagan Fest. Pagan Fest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where um, I took a class with Orion Foxwood. Yeah, 
Um, and I'm paraphrasing because it's been a hot minute and I could not find my notes on this. But one of the things he talks about in with rhyming in, in magic and with charms mm-hmm, specifically, mm-hmm. rhyming your charms, um, part of the reason to do that is that uh, it creates little mnemonics mm-hmm. that get stuck in your head and right. that have their own sort of innate rhythms mm-hmm. um, and that make them easier to recall in a pinch. Yep. When you really need them. Mm-hmm. So you learn those charms. You Well, in, in Orion's um, right. tradition, you are passed down those charms right. by a teacher. Um, and he actually gave us a couple of charms in that class. Mm-hmm. Um, they sort of sink into you and you learn the rhythm of the charm. And because it rhymes, it sticks very well in the brain. Mm-hmm. So that when you need it, it spills out almost automatically. Exactly. That's the the advantage of a rhyming charm. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with it. My my only, my my thought was, uh, I think for some people, they think that's the only way yes. you can do. Um, and then if you're, if you're not good at rhyming, yep. uh, especially um, on the fly, mm-hmm. or if you think it sounds silly, because mm-hmm. um, especially a lot of like the inspiration you're going to get from things like charms can make you feel kind of silly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to be fair, not all of their rhymes rhymed. but <laughs> Right. Some but, of them were slant rhymes. Yeah. Or <laughs> but that's okay. I, I do think it's important to know that, that poetry has its place mm-hmm. in, in uh, witchcraft, in paganism, in ritual. And in fact, you can use uh, poetry as part of ritual, as part of spell work for incantation, for blessings, as part of a chant to raise energy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. One of the very classic ones, uh, which I guarantee almost everyone has heard at least this verse of, if you've been to any kind of shared ritual space, mm-hmm. is we all come from the goddess. Yep. Um, and the part that I always remember, um, and that I, this is how I looked it up, is I remembered this chant, so this mm-hmm. part of the chant, and I put it in Google, is hoof and horn, hoof and horn, all who die shall be reborn, corn and grain, corn and grain, all who fall shall rise again. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, just even that stanza of it, is very frequently used during circle dances Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. when raising energy because it's a couple of lines. It's easy to learn if you don't know it. Mm -hmm. And to her we shall return, says Rain and Gray. Yeah, there are a couple of variations. There's Well, there's the song, too. There's, Mm -hmm. um, we all come from the goddess. Yeah. And to her we shall return like a drop of rain. Rain. All that falls shall rise again. again. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so this is just like the third stanza down, and it's the one that's most frequently used for circle dances and yeah. energy raising because it's so repetitive. Right. So it's perfect for something you can just sort of get into a chanting rhythm with right. when you're going around the circle. And a lot of these we have like Starhawk and mm-hmm. uh, and her group uh, Reclaiming. They came up with a lot of these chant songs that that can be used in ritual and in spellcraft mm-hmm. and uh, for circle dances yep. and things like that. And they're very memorable. They are. And because they're so memorable it's uh, and because they are set to these rhythms, mm-hmm. um, it's really easy to fall into the pattern of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Poetry and music actually have a lot of overlap here. And mm-hmm. that's why, like... We All Come From the Goddess is a song first and foremost, Mm -hmm. but it's mostly used in a ritual context just as a chant. Yep. Um, Yep. And there's also, um, what is it? Earth, my body. Earth, my body. Water, my blood. blood, Air, air, my breath. breath, Fire, fire, my my spirit. spirit. Yep. Yep. And you can use that to raise energy. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. And we we, obviously you can tell we're pulling these off the top Uh, of our brains. brains. and so sometimes there will be different variations. Yep. Um, your particular coven or group may do it a slightly different way. Mm-hmm. But because there are enough similarities, it's easy for us all in shared ritual space mm-hmm. to sort of sink into the right energy. Although L points out, oof, and that's the other problem. I've got religious trauma around chanting or singing in groups. Can't fucking do it even if I agree with the words at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also a fair problem, mm-hmm. a fair problem to have. But I would suggest maybe look into chanting or singing solo mm-hmm. just for yourself, just to see if it does anything for you. Mm-hmm. Well, and like I I pulled a couple of other like 
incantations, if you will, or, or parts of spells that I created that could that would be considered poetry, but not rhyming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's absolutely no necessity for for poetry to rhyme. Right, exactly. Like one was, um, "May you walk under sun and moon unseen, veil to all who speak, seek, act, or intention of harm." You know, there's there's not a rhyme to it, but there is still uh, a poetic feel, at least to me. Right. And there are different forms of poetry, right? Mm-hmm. There are forms of poetry that have very specific rules. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the really classic and easy ones, at least hypothetically, is haiku, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. You have a certain number of syllables. Um, you've got really rigidly structured poems. Mm-hmm. And then you've got what's called free verse, mm-hmm. which is it doesn't have to rhyme. It doesn't have to have a specific meter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to have a specific number or pattern of syllables. And that's kind of what I do when I create It's some, what a lot of people yeah, do. it's more um, of a free verse. It, because it doesn't, it's it's unstudied poetry, yeah. you might say. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very accessible. Um, you just, it, if it feels like poetry to you, it probably counts as free verse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, you know, and some of the spells that I do have rhyming. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very good, actually, with coming up up with a rhyme off the top of my head, generally mm-hmm. speaking, because I used to be a preschool teacher. Right. That's and a skill you learn. That's a skill you learn. Um, but I've also gotten to the point where I can create an incantation that is a free verse, a mm-hmm. free, you know, free form poem yeah. that uh, will work for what I want to do. Elle says the cheesy factor is definitely a problem for me. If I feel like the words I'm saying are gimmicky or like something out of a kindergarten rhyme book, it takes me out of the magic. Mm. Yeah, that's a problem I think a lot of people have. Mm -hmm. And I've talked about this before. Anything that is making you feel unmagical is unproductive to your magical process, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So if you just, like, you've tried it and you cannot vibe with poetry, that's okay. It's not going to be for everyone. No, no, Um, it's not. But I do think that poetry in general sort of unlocks, because of the way poems are designed, Mm -hmm. it kind of unlocks a different way of accessing emotions and spiritual experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, And I actually think a really useful function for poetry, in ritual especially, is as an emotional access point or Mm -hmm. shortcut. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you need to be in a specific emotional space to accomplish a ritual... At least for me, because I'm a person who absorbs a lot of poetry. Um, I was really into poetry in high school. Um, I've read a lot of poetry. So I like that symbolic language is very familiar to me. For me, it's really, really easy to access an emotional state by reading a poem. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, The thing is also is when you hear familiar lines from a poem, Mm -hmm. it can bring you into a space. Yep. For instance... Whenever you have need of anything, once a month, and better it be when the moon is full, you shall assemble in some secret place and adore the spirit of me who is the queen of all the wise. That's from the charge of the goddess. Mm-hmm. And most and I don't, people I couldn't will even, recognize yeah, it. I couldn't even tell you what it's from, but at like two lines in, I was like, oh, the vibes. Yeah, Because <laughs> exactly. I'm sure I've heard it at rituals. Yes, and that's one of, that's one of two mm-hmm. that uh, Doreen Valiente wrote, right. uh, The Charge of the Goddess, and was adapted by Starhawk. Yep. Um, and, you know, there's The Charge of the Star Goddess, and there's, you know, all these other different things um, that... Even if you don't know the whole thing, even if you don't know what the poem is. Yeah, I had no idea what it's from. I couldn't have cited it back to you. I couldn't recite it. Right. But exactly. just hearing it accesses some kind of hindbrain memory. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's a function mm-hmm. that poetry serves. It gets into your brain on a different level. Yeah, it, it really does. And it, it can bring you into that deeper space. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether by yourself and you're you're just right. listening to something uh, well, re- that's been recorded or you're reading something or you're reciting it, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it brings you into that space, which is why I recite the Orphic Hymn to Hecate. It brings me into a ritual space. Yep. It draws her presence into my sacred space. And the Orphic Hymn has the advantage of being something that's been used for that purpose for a very long time. For a very long time. So yeah. it's got... Uh, historical freight behind it. Yeah, but say. but even now, the charge of the goddess. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Doreen Valiente wrote that in the fifties. Yeah, that's fresh. That's you <laughs> it's know, what eighty years old. Yeah, but it's still it's. 
been around long enough yeah. and enough people have recited it over the last 50 some years yeah. uh, at various private and public rituals. Well, and this is what I'm saying. I must have heard it. part of the fabric. Yeah, like I must have heard it at private ritual or at public ritual rather uh, enough times mm-hmm. that it's sunk into the back of my brain somehow. Yep, yep. <laughs> Exactly. And I mean And I don't even worship the goddess. Exactly. 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 You're in a different tradition mm-hmm. altogether, but it's still But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's kind of like from Tolkien. One ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all and in the darkness bind them. People may not know Fellowship of the Ring, mm-hmm. but they probably recognize that rhyme. Yeah. That poem. And it's it's no different from, you know, what you read in literature to what you hear or experience in ritual or in in practice in practice yeah exactly so this is actually a piece of ritual poetry that i wrote a few years ago just for my own personal use Mm -hmm. um and i found it while i was looking for those notes that i took in orion foxwood's class and i couldn't find those notes but i found this instead um and it's actually it was a pride month ritual basically as so, you listen to the crinkle, to the crinkle, crinkle paper, of the yep. paper. So it's actually, I guess, appropriate still. It's still June. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, honor to my brothers and honor to my sisters. Honor to my siblings in triumph and in pain. Honor to my mothers and honor to my fathers. Honor to my parents in failure and in fame. Honor to the secret. Honor to the slain. Honor to the forgotten. Honor to the named. We honor and remember, raise glasses in your names. We walk in hallowed places where you laid down your claim. We fight and bite and struggle, and we will not refrain. We're here and queer yet one more year, and here we will remain. Hail Odin, no fucks given. Hail Thor, the blushing bride. Hail Loki, monster mother, and Heimdall's watchful eye. Hail Freya, honey pleasure. Hail Freya, amber twin. Hail Skadi, justice hunter. Hail Engraboda, shifting skin. Hail all those born of Ymir. Hail whites of land and men. We honor and remember. Now let the feast begin. Hail Dictinus. And I wrote that in one sitting, probably. It didn't Mm -hmm. take me more than like 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. But that's been my pride poem since I wrote it. And I don't know, I think it does the job. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It does do the job. And that's what counts. That's Mm -hmm. That's the thing that is important is if it matters to you if it does the job whether it's a spell or a ritual or a prayer or anything of that nature Mm -hmm. then it's perfect yeah then it as long as it does the job as long as it does the job um (laughs) rain and gray says okay full body chills and literal tears in my eyes what the fuck good it's doing the job it's doing the (laughs) job exactly exactly Um, you could probably hear i always struggle to actually get through speaking that poem Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um because it comes from a like a place of emotion Mm -hmm. for me and and that's what poetry is sort of designed to do it is to compress emotions into symbols that you then unpack later as the listener Mm -hmm. um so good poetry should always invoke some kind of emotional response. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about words and mm-hmm. poetry. And that's why I love creating, you know, mm-hmm. incantations. Yeah. Uh, all of my spells have some kind of incantation. Yeah, not all of my spells do. Um, more of them do than used to. This is actually something I picked up being a Norse pagan mm-hmm. um, because poetry and because language is so important in that tradition mm-hmm. um, and because it's part of my challenge to learn to speak out loud mm-hmm. the things that I uh, that I feel deeply mm-hmm. um, instead of just sort of crunching them down inside. Mm-hmm. That, that was a challenge for me. Um, I've talked before about how I struggle to say my prayers out loud, so I write them down. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sort of a shortcut that I'm taking uh, and someday I want to be able to speak my prayers out loud. Mm-hmm. That's that's the goal I'm uh, reaching for. But poetry is really interesting because although it is written and most of us access it through mm-hmm. writing, there is an argument to be made that has been made a lot that poetry is designed for performance, that, yes. it, that it is best understood by having someone speak it it. Mm -hmm. ideally the poet yeah speak it out Mm -hmm. but if you can't get that just someone who understands Mm -hmm. the poem um performing it for you 
Well, I, I think that's true from uh, the great poets as, mm-hmm. as well, from Shakespeare's sonnets to... Oh, my God, yeah. You know. Shakespeare in particular, and, and especially some of the, the Old English mm-hmm. um, poets, can be really dense and, and hard to understand reading them, mm-hmm. but they suddenly make sense if you if listen you... to someone who already knows what, what is happening mm-hmm. say it out loud. They um, they have an intuitive sense of where to put the pauses to turn it from that abstracted language into interpretable speech. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and that makes a huge difference with poetry. And that's why part of the reason I think poetry is so good in ritual contexts, mm-hmm. because it almost necessitates a performance of the poetry, and that, that unlocks the poem for a lot of people. Uh, Elsa is Shakespeare, et cetera, especially needs someone who understands the original pronunciations and accents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gwen is going to read just this normal English translation. English translation. But there is, well, oh, God, who did it? That thing we saw. Oh, God, in the original English. Yeah, in the, in the original language. In the original language. Was it the Globe? I think it was the Globe Theater. Yeah, there was a, there was a troupe at the Globe Theater who performed Shakespeare in the original Shakespearean accent and pronunciation it was amazing and it's stunning so it if really you ever have like it's on the internet somewhere go look for that this is modern translation for sonnet 116 let me not to the marriage of true minds admit impediments love is not love which alters when it alteration finds or bends with the remover to remove oh no it is an ever fixed mark that looks on tempests and is never shaken It is the star to every wandering bark whose worth's unknown, although his height be taken. Love's not time's fool, though rosy lips and cheeks within his bending sickle's compass come. Love alters not with his brief hours and weeks, but bears it out even to the edge of doom. If this be error and upon me proved, I never writ nor no man ever loved. Hail Lichtness. That is, I think, what poetry can do for ritual Mm -hmm. and for spellcraft. Yeah. And that's why I personally love to, like I said, to add a poem, even Mm -hmm. if it's just a, I'm doing a little bitty candle spell. Yeah. And it's just something that I come off, you know, off the cuff. cuff. It, It, for me, even though, yes, I'm putting my intention, I'm putting my energy, I'm putting my magic into mm-hmm. working this candle spell. For me, that little extra speaking it in the words yeah. of a spell, putting it to verse, yeah, gives it just that little extra oomph it, into the universe. Yeah, it accesses the magic differently. Mm-hmm. Want to read a diverse and inclusive fantasy that's pagan-friendly? Check out Arrow's Flight by M.B. Strang. Arrow's Flight, an unknown menace, moves through the polite society of Pearl's holding. If not caught in time, it will bring down not just the hallowed knights of the Pearl Order, but also everyone who lives and works with them. The answer lies with a young woman of mysterious origins whose life has been touched by tragedy. To fulfill her potential, she must confront her past and discover a future more amazing than she'd ever imagined and find the inner strength to fly. She's not alone. A handful of knights, a hearth mage, and their magical companions all test their physical and magical limits to make things right before it's too late. Otherwise, dark forces will overtake the knights for good. Go to mbstrang.com, M-B-S-T-R-A-N-G.com, for details on ordering your copy now. Scroll down to the bottom of the main page to sign up for the newsletter and receive a free story. Hail Dictinus! Make smoke. Make smoke. Smoke, 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 smoke. Oh, that smells good. Good mm-hmm. smoke. Yes. Good smoke. Good well, smoke. this is a topic Dictinus, I imagine, uh, would very much like. Absolutely. <laughs> Dictinus is all about the words. Yes. And I think that's another thing, too, to remember, too, is, like, if you are not someone who words come easily or, mm-hmm. or poetry is not... Uh, not in your wheelhouse. Not in your wheelhouse doesn't mean you can't take something and adapt it for your purpose. Yes. I mean... I thoroughly encourage, go get a book of classic poetry mm-hmm. and just thumb through it and find the good shit and pull that out. You can pull it right out of the book if you want and mark it up and use it in your spells. 
hoodoo practitioners use the Psalms Psalms regularly. Yep. It's part of their practice. Many of them. Mm -hmm. Not all, probably, but but many of them. Yeah, the majority. Will will use Psalms Mm -hmm. for their spell work. Yeah. Absolutely. So you can you can absolutely use poetry that someone else wrote for your magical purposes. Exactly. If if it resonates with you and it resonates with your purpose mm-hmm. of your and your intention, or if it activates the right emotion for you, the right yeah to make it. If part it describes of your the right situation, mm-hmm. right? Like there's so much poetry about like the changing of seasons mm-hmm. and various earthly phenomenon and stars and the Mm -hmm. sun and the moon and tornadoes and storms and all kinds of things. And like all of those things are things that like natural phenomenon Mm -hmm. that we worship and work with frequently. Exactly. The other thing I have found is that sometimes if I, if I just can't get inspired to write something, Mm -hmm. if I read a poem or a prayer or that something somebody else wrote, it'll spark an idea in me and then I'll be able to create something myself. Yeah, that's just a very important part of creative processing in general. To create, you have to also consume. Um, You're gonna use everything, every creative work that you interact with Mm -hmm. and absorb Mm -hmm. is going to become fuel for your own creative process later. Mm -hmm. And I think when it comes to, you know, to creating like an incantation or something or prayer Mm -hmm. uh, for your, your, your spell or your deity, um, you know, you first you start out with what's your intention? Mm-hmm. What is the purpose? What's the point? Yep. Right? Like, I have one more example I can bring from uh, my grimoire. Um, I celebrate the dark moon. I celebrate the Dipnon. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, making an offering of food to Hakati on that first night of the new moon when it's completely dark. When I was creating this particular bit... <laughs> of of poetry, if you will. Um, the first thing I, I focused on was the fact that it was nighttime. The moon, you couldn't see the moon. It was just dark. And what was the point of what I was offering? It is a meal that is to honor Hakati and to uh, placate the, the horde of spirits that wanders with her through the mm-hmm. night, right? Mm-hmm. On the darkest night. So this is what I came up with. And I was really stuck this time. I wasn't sure what to write mm-hmm. or what to say. And I actually went to the Pagan Book of Prayers. And um, I really, or excuse me, the Book of Pagan Prayers. I said it backwards. Uh, so the Book of Pagan Prayers is, is a resource I highly recommend. Got a lot of great prayers in there. So if you can't come up with anything on your own, Mm -hmm. um, it's already there for you, or it can be a good launching point. But what I came up with for this past Dipnon, and just a little part of it, this night when the moon is hidden, we remember you, Hekati Anodia, and the horde of spirits you lead through the darkness. We leave this food to honor you and feed the restless that they may be appeased. Mm -hmm. That for me, that was exactly what my intention was. Mm-hmm. And I was able to say it in a way that, that for me felt resonant resonant, and brought me into that space of ritual. Uh, Elle says, oh man, I bet there's some poetry out there that would be great for cord cutting oh, yeah. or for love spells. So I'm going to actually read to you uh, a poem that I really like, mm-hmm. just to give you an example of like, yeah, you're 100% right. Mm-hmm. So this poem is called To the Desert by Benjamin Alira Sayans. I came to you one rainless August night. You taught me how to live without the rain. You are thirst, and thirst is all I know. You are sand, wind, sun, and burning sky, the hottest blue. You blow a breeze and brand your breath into my mouth. You reach, then bend your force to break, blow, burn, and make me new. You wrap your name tight around my ribs and keep me warm. I was born for you. Above, below, by you, by you surrounded. I wake to you at dawn. Never break your knot. Reach, rise, blow. Salvame, mi Dios. Trágame, mi tierra. Salva, traga. Break me. I am bread. I will be the water for your thirst. 
That's gorgeous. Right? Like, and how powerful. And it could apply to so many so things. So many things. So many things. It's about, you know, like love or transformation mm-hmm. or suffering or, mm-hmm. right? Like, th- there no- are so many meanings in it. Mm-hmm. And nobody said you had to use an entire poem. No, you, you can, can use, use just pieces. Pieces, the verses that, that mean what they need to for you in exactly. the moment. Exactly. You know, I think it's. I think powerful. all poets are kind of magicians. Yeah. <laughs> and if you read the, the work of poets describing mm-hmm. their process, a lot of them will describe it in that way mm-hmm. as if it's it is. Sorcery. Exactly. It is a kind of magic that they do that they don't even completely know how they do. It just, they reach in and pull out words. We do call them wordsmiths. Yeah, and uh, and there's a there's a mysticism to mm-hmm. a lot of poets mm-hmm. um, that they're to, to various degrees aware of. Mm-hmm. And so, like even just listening to poets talk about poetry, um, they are I'm sorry, they're modern day prophets. Yeah. It's just yeah. what they are. Yeah. And they access imagination and a mm-hmm. sort of a visionary space in a way that is not as acceptable in a spiritual life now, mm-hmm. but um, that is made acceptable through the lens of poetry, through the lens of art. And what do we as magical people, as witches, as pagans, what do we access when we are doing ritual? What do we access when we are casting spells? What are we weaving mm-hmm. with our words and our energy? Hello? (laughs) It's all the same stuff. It's all the same stuff. Um, Something I really like about poetry is that it makes it possible to express the numinous, Mm -hmm. which is just sort of the quality of having a spiritual or divine aspect. Mm -hmm. Um, And those things can be difficult to describe in prose. Yes. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. even when I try to describe spiritual experiences I've had here mm-hmm. on the podcast, mm-hmm. um, I find myself devolving into sort of poetic, poetic. fragments, mm-hmm. right? Like nothing you could call a poem, but the way I'm describing it, I can feel like leaking into poetry. Exactly. And I, I think it is a a much bigger part of the human experience mm-hmm. than than people really understand. It's It's, as we've been saying, it's, it goes back thousands of years. Yeah. You know, the, this expression of words for and, and for meaning of and for, well, just to honor the different parts and aspects of our lives, of our regular everyday life, of our religious life, mm-hmm. of, of everything. All the special moments. Yeah. You and can, the relationships. And the relationships. And just the, the processes yeah. of being alive. Yeah. Absolutely. The experiences of being alive, Mm -hmm. um, which are sometimes not even like you can't even encapsulate them in moments, Mm -hmm. but they can be described as moments. And that's what poetry often is. Mm -hmm. And think about, you know, storytellers. Mm -hmm. And you'll often hear when you hear like folk tales and and storytellers, there's a lyricism to their performances. I love to listen to uh, folk tales and being told to children or uh, by an experienced storyteller. Yeah, they said there's a rhythm to yep, it. There's a rhythm to it and they bring an energy to it into their words. That's why we have oral tradition. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- those are important factors because it brings people into uh, an understanding and awareness and a sharing mm-hmm. of experience. Yeah. You know, that we don't really get through the visual arts the way we do, I think, I believe, through the spoken word or... Yeah, I think art, like visual art and poetry access human experiences differently. Yeah, yeah. I think they're they're both... Oh, they're both valid they're and both, important. Uh, well, and they're both accessing shared human experiences. Yeah, yeah. They just are doing it in different ways. Different ways, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was thinking more media, like, like, contemporary movies and tv shows oh that's a whole different that's beast. a whole different beast um, <laughs> but yeah but yeah i, different, I mean different obviously, kind of storytelling in yeah it's all important it's all stuff that we need mm-hmm. but um i there's just something about words and spoken words and poetry right that uh at least for me 
can't I'm not gonna say it should be for everyone, but at least for me, it's very important and special. And I think there's even like you were talking about um, storytellers telling telling stories to children, and like I think there's a reason. Once upon a time mm-hmm. is a recurring phrase. Mm-hmm. There's a reason in magic that Samoda be or so, Algu mm-hmm. or whatever you know, however you end a spell is a recurring phrase, mm-hmm. right? Like these things have they we build connections to them yes we do um and they create automatic instinctual reactions in Mm -hmm, us mm -hmm. um so mode it be isn't a magic phrase it's a phrase that activates magic Mm -hmm, exactly because that's that's what we've taught ourselves it does mm -hmm. so when you when you say that when you say the final phrase you've activated the spell Mm -hmm. and that like is an an automatic cue in your brain to do thing Mm-hmm, exactly. um, and I think poetry activates a lot of those same kind of instincts. Mm-hmm, I agree. Absolutely. And I think, if nothing, it's worth exploring. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you've, if you've shied away from it because it seems scary or intimidating mm-hmm. or trite or silly, mm-hmm. just experiment with it a little bit. Go a little bit outside your comfort zone. Yeah, exactly. And don't be afraid to, you know, be a little silly. Yeah. Be a little silly. Be a little silly. Take a lesson from Loki. Be a little silly. That's right. <laughs> Tie a goat to your balls. <laughs> <laughs> That's an image. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, BTW, reminder, the Eddas, the whole reason we yep. have the Eddas is that that was a form of poetry, a, a form of specific Norse poetry that Snorri Sterlinson wanted to record. Mm. That's the only reason we have those. They were a poetry manual that he was writing and he was using Norse mythology as his subject matter because that was like a you know mm-hmm. it was it was a common subject for these poems mm-hmm. but that's the reason he did it was not because he wanted to preserve the Norse stories mm-hmm. it was because he wanted to preserve the Norse poetic form of the Eddas mm-hmm. that's the only reason we have that text that's amazing yeah power of poetry power of poetry <laughs> baby exactly so the only other thing I guess I wanted to touch on is devotional poetry, mm. which is the act of writing poetry for a god or being that you work with. Mm-hmm. This is a really, really common practice in, um, well, I mean, in Christianity as well, but especially mm-hmm. in paganism, I see a lot of people write devotional poetry. You don't, there's no obligation to write devotional poetry, mm-hmm. but I have found personally that the gods, at least the Norse gods, very into it. Yeah. Well, and every, obviously we've been sharing, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Devotional poems. Devotional and, poems and psalms and songs and things that were written specifically to different deities. It is, again, it is a, an important part of uh, the religious landscape, the spiritual landscape. Yeah. And I think devotional poetry um, fills a human need because it's so difficult to express, mm-hmm. like, what deities mean to you. Mm-hmm. They are such, like, big conceptual pieces in a life that saying just, like, oh, I love and honor so-and-so doesn't quite cut it, which I think is why a lot of people end up going to devotional poetry to try to, like, to find some way to set down what that means to them. Yeah. Um, Rain and Gray had a fun little comment. It says, this is not exactly poetry, but a poetic book quote that they love from the picture of Dorian Gray. Mm. I thought you would never care for anything but your art. He is all my art to me now. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's not a poem, but there's a poetry to it. You find this actually in a lot of uh, prose, that there will be like moments in the prose that are poetic if not themselves poems. Exactly, exactly. And and I think the most important thing, especially if it's a devotional poem or it's a, a prayer or whatever it is, the deity that you're, you're writing it for, speaking it to, mm-hmm. um, the only thing that matters is that you are trying to honor this deity. They don't care if it's perfect or not. It is the act of writing the poem that is the devotional act. Mm-hmm. The poem doesn't have to be good. Nope. They're going to put it on their fridge door like you're their kindergartner anyway. <laughs> yep. The fact that it's bad has no bearing on that. Exactly. You made them a thing. That is a devotional act. Exactly. It's sort of like when we talk about like one of the best offerings you can give is what you have. Yes, exactly. 
you give what you have. And if you all you have is the cup of water in your hand, then you you give the water and the water becomes a transcendent offering, exactly. right? Because it's what you have. Um, you don't have to be a great poet. You just have to have the will to, to write something to honor one of your deities. Mm -hmm. And that transcends that offering into something higher than mere words. Exactly. Exactly. And there's, and there's lots of resources. If it's mm -hmm. something... That you want to learn how to do well. That you want to learn how to do, there are resources on how to do that. One other way is to read Yes, just read a read lot of poetry. Read a lot of poetry. Read a lot of hymns and uh, historical ones as well. Yeah, I genuinely believe that reading a lot of poetry rewires your brain somehow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, it, it causes synapses to make connections they don't normally. And the other thing to remember, too, is that with songs, the words are written by a lyricist. Yes. It's a form yeah. of poetry. It's a whole separate... It's a whole separate thing it's, from... In fact, it's usually multiple people who create a song. There's the lyricist, and then there's the music writer, uh -huh. and then it is performed by a performer who is completely different from both of those people. Quite often. Um, yeah. Like, there are singer-songwriters who write their own work, but that is, especially in the modern day, not, like, the norm mm -hmm. for especially mainstream music. So, yeah, a lot of, of songs are written... Or, originally as essentially poems yeah they, they and then someone else sets it to music sets later. sets it to music later and so that is something to remember too is mm -hmm. that if you can listen to these songs and get the the sense of rhythm mm -hmm. and and how to put these words together to then learn how to create your own yep and you know a lot of people over the generations and generations and years and years have put their words to other tunes. Yep. That's where most of the, the hymns come from. Like, a lot of them were sung to sea shanties. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, there's so much bad poetry in the world, you guys. Oh, Don't yeah. worry about creating a little more. No, no. And as, again, as long as it's honoring mm -hmm. whatever deity you want to honor or as or long, an ancestor. Or ancestor. Or... Um, if it's a, for a spell, mm -hmm. you know, if you're creating an incantation. Does as, it do the job? Does it do the job? If it does the job, it doesn't matter That's... if, like, a poetry professor would give you a good grade. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't have to rhyme. Uh -huh. it, it just has to fit your intention. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's everything? I think that's everything. All right. Uh, Rhiannon Gray says, the amount of Instagram and Tumblr accounts I follow that post the most heart-wrenching poetic post compilations. Highly recommend the account the.selfie.of.dorian.gray on Insta. I will reread their posts constantly. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead exactly. and check out that Instagram, I guess. <laughs> exactly. And don't just uh, mine, obviously, the ancient. Right, the classics. The, cl but the classics are a great look, place to look. Look at modern poetry. Absolutely. Modern poets are still doing fantastic work today exactly new fascinating poems are being written constantly mm -hmm. one of my favorite things is to look at the poetry that is being written by children because oh, yeah. children write the most fascinating poetry on earth mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm obsessed with the with the poetry of like seven to 11 year olds because that's when they seem to like have the most grasp of language but have not yet figured out how it's supposed to work mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so they just do whatever they damn well please and what comes out is astonishing <laughs> exactly exactly so yeah try to access the inner child and write some poetry that way mm -hmm. there's lots and lots of avenues lots of different things that you can do mm -hmm. and uh and if it doesn't if this doesn't resonate with you hey that's okay that's okay you can move on to something else but exactly. just you know give it a try yeah, we encourage you to give it a try. All right, you can find us on Google at the number three and the words pagans and a cat, or the number three and the letters P-A-A-C. We have a website at the number three pagansandacat.com where you can find links to various things that we do, including our Redbubble shop that is still up and our Patreon where mm -hmm. you can help support us. Mm -hmm. um, Gwen has a TikTok. Yes, I do. That she uses all the time. Quite a bit. Um, Quite a bit. I don't know if... I'm sure you can find people reading poetry on TikTok, so maybe give that a try. Absolutely. <laughs> a lot of times when I do a spell on, on TikTok, um, it will be just an image, mm -hmm. and then uh, the incantation, if it's, it's, if it's a public spell, mm -hmm. um, the incantation will be written there. Yeah. So, 
You can read my you can read my spell poetry there. <laughs> yep. Um, okay, I think that's everything. I think that's everything. Beyond beside the fact that we always, always, always we love our we love our listeners. We thank you for sticking with us for. Mm-hmm joining us every week Mm -hmm. and uh, just for your encouragement yep and just please continue to be patient with the rougher editing because fucked up my hands real good these hands are still covered in uh, currently compression gloves but uh whenever i do like actual work it's supposed to be a brace so (laughs) exactly so but we love you we appreciate you we thank you those of you who are able to support us financially Mm And, of course, everyone who supports us with your, just your presence in the Pride. Mm -hmm. We we love you. And thank you for sharing the podcast around. Exactly. I can always see when you do it, we get a whole random spike on an episode. (laughs) It's always very exciting when we go, oh, somebody must have shared an episode. That's Uh fun. Must have been in someone's Facebook cover or something. (laughs) (laughs) So we enjoy that. So, but again, thank you. We love you and have a great week. Yes. Go read some Shakespeare. Yeah. Read (laughs) Read some poems. Read some Snorri. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> definitely. Read some Snorri Sterlinson. Read Sterlinson. the Carolyn Larrington translation. There you go. Read some Celtic mythology. Yeah. There's some poetry for you. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Right. Go find the poetry that is in your particular tradition. Oh, and I will say, if you're at all interested, go to YouTube and look up yes. the ancient Greek hymn to Hecate. There is a, a professor of, of language who actually sings it as it's meant to be sung in ancient Greek. And, and also and also go to the Globe Theater's yes. performance of Shakespeare in with the original if you can find pronunciation. It. I think we Look, found it on on maybe it might be on YouTube. I'm I think it's sure. on YouTube. Um, just Google Globe Theater Shakespeare original pronunciation. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. All okay. right. Now we're really going to go. Yes. Goodbye.